That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant Voodoo track tires, TurboForce deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it. Introducing the s Podcast channel, your one-stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. Welcome to episode 187 of the S&D Podcast Show. Steven is here, Vin and Dan are on the other side today. What's going on, boys? Not much. We missed a fun week last week, but plenty of uh, MLB trade deadline talk, a lot of uh, football training camp talk. Uh, we're recording on Thursday night. When you listen to this tomorrow morning, you probably not witnessed the first preseason football game, which the Cowboys and Cardinals started. Odds are you didn't watch unless you gambled. Well, you need to go to Gamblers Anonymous for that to be going gambling on the first preseason game. Speaking of gambling on the first preseason game, apparently FanDuel does preseason. Yes, I was I was gonna bring that up in the group chat today, and I just got caught up at work, but I did get that alert as well. That's doing what? Like... I don't read anything they send me. Everything they've sent me recently is WNBA, and I just keep ignoring it. It sounds like an easy way to make money because people who don't pay attention are just going to pick starters. So I can just pick Brett Hundley, and I'll be fine because Rodgers doesn't play in the preseason. Right. I'm, I'm pretty and Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm pretty sure if you're in that hole of gam- uh, doing FanDuel fantasy football, right. I'm pretty sure you know that. No, there are plenty of people who don't. Who don't pay but attention there's... enough to preseason that just like to gamble. But the question is, what backups do you pick? Like, ob- like this week, do I pick the third stringers? Do I pick the second stringers? Tavares King every week. Well, no. unfortunately, he will Tavares not be Jackson. playing. Tavares Jackson. Is he still around? I. That's a great question. <laughs> Tavares Jackson played in the Super Bowl, guys. I'd just like to point that out. Yeah, he should be the backup for the Seahawks, unless he wasn't last year. If he's still that backup, I'd be shocked. Cause that was Wait, like what game forward. did he play in the Super Bowl? In the blowout against the, the Broncos, he came in and played at the end. He oh, did? that's right. Yes, I swear on my life he played. Wow. And what's one MVP? Steve Smith's brother. Steve Smith's brother, Malcolm Smith. That's right. Yeah. In New Jersey. In New Jersey, even though they're Cali boys. But it was pretty cool. Uh, I think that... he retired because he hasn't played since 2015. All right, so you're tired. Malcolm Smith? Because yeah. Malcolm Smith's been pretty bad since that run also. No, Malcolm Smith's on the Raiders. He got paid. Like Malcolm Smith, I remember, got paid, and he hasn't yes. been good since he got paid. Yeah, well, that happened. No, no, but Tavares Jackson threw one incomplete pass in the Super Bowl. What a bum. No wonder why he doesn't have a job. And Yep, there you go. <laughs> he had a 39.6 passer rating. He'd have a better chance so, at a job if he took a knee before the game. It's the, it's right, it's the little, it's the little facts. It's the little things. 
Devon that... Jackson had the Super Bowl ring and threw a pass in the game. That Super Bowl was the most anticlimactic Super Bowl we had in like almost 15 years. Well, you want to talk about crazy rings, Bart, uh, Bartman getting a Cubs ring. This is true. Yeah. Yeah, that's One of my crazy. favorite, um, he has a ring, is Priest Holmes was the third string running back on the Ravens. Yes, he was. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Yep. He, he was. was the third. It was, I believe, his rookie year. Yeah. Well, I'll Did be you guys even watch the second half of that Broncos? Yes, because Ron Dixon ran a, in the opening kickoff no, of the second half. For, for... Not the, the giant one. No. The <laughs> Broncos, Steel, uh, Broncos Seahawk one. Unfortunately, yes. I was stuck at a Super Bowl party. I feel like I, I was at a Super Bowl party. I, I think we changed the channel, but... I watched Percy Harvin's return, and then I think we played, like, NHL the rest of the night. The The worst part of that Super Bowl party was me and Nicole were literally one of the only people that watched football the whole entire season. And we were so excited to watch this game. And literally the first play of the game was the, obviously that situation with the Payton. And we're like, are you fucking kidding me? It's going to be one of these games, really? And then people were, like, talking about their numbers, literally the first drive. I'm like, this is going to be a night from now. Thank God for thank God for Bruno Mars. And then one guy acting all macho was trying to show Nicole off, thinking Nicole didn't watch any football. That was, like, a proud moment. And she, like, shut him up. That was probably one of the funnier moments of that Super Bowl. And she's like, well, this guy threw for X amount of yards this whole entire season now. How much football did you watch this year? And I told him to eat it. It was pretty cool. But, yeah, that Super Bowl sucked. Um, the so trade the deadline did happen. It is. It's You know how it's football season when you start complaining about Super Bowls. And baseball yeah. season's kind of over. Anywho. Um, so, baseball season is not over, guys. We've got half a season to watch. No, we don't. Excuse me. You were, the mo- you were the first person to post welcome to football season when Packers camp opened. I know, yes. but I still I still have to watch him at Rosario every single game. You don't have to watch him every single game. You no, can I listen do. to Howie Rose I've, every game. Correction, Howie Rose was on vacation this series. He was. He no. didn't go to Colorado. He doesn't like the... Uh, <clears throat> watching him run is air. completely worth watching the entire game. Yeah, I watched that bat. Did that count? Sure. <laughs> nah, but it was awesome to see Rosario get called up. Uh... Want to start with the leadoff tonight? Well, first off, we have some things to talk about. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have iTunes, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, all other podcast apps. Don't forget, August 28th, we have some huge news coming out, so make sure you're following us on social media for that. Uh, also, September 16th, Belmore Fair, us and the Weissman and Oz show. We're really working hard these past couple of days getting everything uh, situated for the whole plan of the day. Uh, 11 to 6, we'll be there. Uh, going to have some auctions, going to have some raffles, going to have some uh, some merchandise you guys can purchase. Um, some stuff we're just going to give away as well. Uh, so make sure you come on down to that. Uh, also, this week, uh, Monday night, is the... Grand Kids Charity uh, event for Curtis Gra- the the Grand Kids Charity is Curtis Grandison's charity. Uh, huge event, New York uh, New York City Public Library, Monday night. Dan and I will be there. We're going to be trying to get some interviews, trying to have a good time. We'll see what we can get out of it. Um, 
Vin and I are going to do a seven-line game Saturday. We're going to do some cool stuff with that also. But back well, to the I, Grand Prix. I should hopefully, hopefully help out with that too, depending on what time I get there. So, so a little backtrack to the, the event Monday night. Um, so we're, we mentioned the Weissman and Oz show. They're recording on Friday. By the time you listen to this, they'll probably be either recording or have recorded. But on our iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, make sure you listen to our show. Make sure you listen to episode 187. And make sure you listen to their show for this week. Um, for every listen we get for the both shows combined, we're going to put $5 into a donation for the Grandkids Foundation for Curtis Granderson. So, you know, we're raising money. Help us out. Listen and share. Listen and share. Or share and listen, whichever order you want to do it. I don't really know what else. Share first, then listen. Just in case. And then share again on a different social media platform. Everything you got. Right. You got no, it. I'm excited. I'm it. excited for the Granderson event. It should be fun. We don't really know what the event's all about right now. Hopefully it's something fun. But right, right, right. We're, it's going to be a great night. We're going to try and do okay. something similar to what Dan, uh, Vin and I did for the Collins event. Um, hopefully we'll get to interview a bunch of guys. Uh, but we'll see what happens. And, you know, follow us on Instagram. We'll use our Instagram story a lot throughout the night as well. Um, and also our Twitter feed and, and, uh, Facebook, uh, you know, if Granderson's speaking or anything like that, maybe we'll go some Facebook live for that. So make sure you're following us on all of social media. And like Dan, uh, mentioned before, it's time for the lead off. Leading off. Alrighty. Welcome back for this week's lead off. Um, so this past Monday, the 31st of July was the major league baseball trade deadline. Um, so I kind of mentioned this to the boys in our group chat and how to me, it means nothing in a way. Um, so basically trades could be made after the trade deadline in major league baseball, unlike every other sport where they can't be made. Um, so what happens is players get put on waivers, which basically every single player in Major League Baseball is put on waivers, and then they're on what's called the trade waiver line. And basically, if a team claims them, you could either... Gary Cohn said it the other day, you can, sell, you can give them the guy for free, where you give them the full contract, or you can work out some sort of trade agreement. Um, so basically, if they clear waivers, it opens up to any team that wants to offer you a trade just like before the trade deadline and if the guy doesn't clear waivers it's whichever team picks him up you get the, this to work with to me i it, it should be a set deadline honestly it, just set the deadline that's it no more trades after that um vin before we got into this you mentioned that even in september you can make trades as well and then guys aren't eligible for the postseason roster but again middle of move it to middle of august and make it a solid stance on the trade deadline that's my opinion right. I, I think it happened maybe last year or a year before like somebody made a trade for the last weekend of the season i don't know if they had to get into the playoffs right or right right because they, they needed an needed arm or something body. right they needed a body so they made a trade and like i get it that's fine but i i don't know i i do agree with you i think they need to move it back i mean i don't know about the end of august maybe the middle of august like you said if you look through the league there are like Maybe there's like eight teams that are more than pretty much besides the you take the NL East and and uh, AL West out of it because they're both 
being run away with. There's like eight teams that are more than five games out of a, a playoff spot. So with the addition of the second wild card, like you said, it not a lot of teams are selling. There's there was what four or five teams selling. Right. So moving back and even another fifteen days will will at least make things a little clearer, make teams a little more apt to sell, and make things a little more interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with Vin and you. Obviously, was um, moving it to the middle of August because obviously two weeks is a long time especially from July 31st to the 15th, there's two weeks of baseball being pretty much played. So let's see what happens from the contenders and the pretenders, and the more likely the pretenders are going to trade off more of their chips. And I think it was Gary Cohn who said it the best. This year, there weren't really many position players moved. There really wasn't a market when it came to position players. It was mainly a couple starters and some relief pitchers that got moved. Just think in a couple weeks, you know, the Orioles will know where they are. Maybe they'll want to move Britain a little bit for, want to be able to push Britain a little bit, you know? Well, that's the thing with, I mean, was there any position players traded? I don't remember there anybody of significance. There was a couple no, like minor moves. I no think significant. That, no one really yeah, significant. Yeah, and the, the, the Diamondbacks traded for a shortstop, I think, but that was like that was basically it. But the thing with the non-waiver trades, it's usually. It's usually one, it's usually for a player for like a draft pick or a prospect I should say not a draft pick and all those scenarios usually or they're paying the rest of that person's salary so like a team for like the Mets who everybody's claiming that there's gonna be a bunch of guys being able to move which we hope but at the end of the day I don't see Jay Bruce leaving I I obviously wanted Jay Bruce gone early in the season for the whole outfield situation but now that Conforto is pretty much playing center field with no problem and ease that we we didn't know what it was going to expect on a major league level. I would like to have Jay Bruce back next year. And then today on Kerrig actually got an inside scoop that Cabrera might actually be getting the extension that we were expect may be getting at the $8 million mark, which is pretty cheap for a third baseman or a second baseman, depending on where he ends up and playing. Can fill in the tw- and, of course, we know we could fill and in that short. Yes, of course. Well, uh, you were saying the uh, the trades at the during the the, you know, the non-waiver trades or the waiver trades the usually waiver trade, aren't, yes. aren't big moves. They're not blocked. They're usually not. The Mets got lucky the last time they did it. If you remember, they when they traded Marlon Bird and John Buck, they got back Dilson, who obviously got them Jay Bruce, and they got back Vic Black, who was a good relief pitcher for, two year, for a year and a half. Yes. So they got lucky in that, you know, perspective. But they're not. It's that never happens. You're right. It's usually a player to be named later that you never hear of. But, exactly. So, like, like we, like we've all agreed on. I, re- we really should move it to the, at least the fifteenth. Like, they'll separate the pretenders from the contenders, and most likely there will be more trades. If if you want to even move it the following week, like the tw- in the twenties, that's fine. Just move it into August, and you know. I, I think the reason why they don't want to move it back, uh, back even further than maybe, let's say, the 15th is because in two weeks or a week after, they're expanding the roster. So what's the point of really making a trade if they can bring up prospects anyway? Because the point, cause, cause those guys who come up in September um, aren't playoff eligible. Well, I'm, t- I'm talking about so teams, these I'm trades you make in August. These, these guys you you trade in August are all eligible for postseason. 
So why not why not trade for a guy who's in AAA in the end of August? Wait two weeks, bring him up on the expand the rosters and see what you got got out of him. At least give him some breathing room. For all you know, this guy who just got to Double A in let's into AAA in let's say July, um, comes up here and starts tearing it up. He has a shot at a spot the following year. Well, in the following year, yeah, of course. But I don't know. I, I think middle of the month would be preferably better because I don't know. I think that would be tinkering with the line. They'll be a little bit harder tinkering, right. tinkering with the lineups. Well, we also saw this year, I mean, and in past years we've seen, team. the trading line really starts like a week or two before anyway. Yes. So it, the trades are going to be made, you know, at the end of July and the beginning of August. And then, you know, there are some moves that wait, you know, like Sonny Gray and Darvish, but there are moves that are going to be made early. And it, probably there'll be more incentive to make those moves early. Well, we're idiots. We also forgot Duda was uh, also traded for, as a position player. Obviously. Oh, yeah. But, right. Duda might be probably was the biggest position player moved to the deadline. Yeah, he was. So, I mean, they got a decent uh, pitching prospect back for him. But that might be the other issue is, is the cost of trading somebody might go down because now you're not renting them for two months you're really renting them for a month and a half no that's an also a very good valid point to so bring that to the, the return table. and also and also the thing vin you and i talked about this last night the new rule with the cba is if you trade for a guy with an expiring contract you cannot give him a qualifying offer at the end of the year there, he's an automatic free agent. There's no right. qualifying offer for those guys. So let's say they traded Jay Bruce right now. The team that he goes to cannot give him a qualifying offer, and he goes straight into the straight into free agency. So it, it might. That's the the only downside of moving this is what we're saying is is the effect of the of the return of the trade. Right, right, right. But I'm just saying that no matter what happens from this point. Whichever guy you give up, at the end of the day, you could end up giving away your number one prospect for a rental, and then get nothing at the end of the day because you know they can leave. You know, look at what happened right. with the Mets. What if Cespedes left after 2015? There you go. You just got rid of Fulmer uh, for nothing. Michael Fulmer. Yeah, Michael Fulmer for nothing. That would have looked really bad, even though he we went to the World Series. <laughs> but even just, I think that there weren't, you know. I mean, the Yankees traded some good prospects, but like last year, Lucroy got traded. That kid's the top. Uh, Lewis Brinson, I think his name is. He's like a top ten prospect in the league. And right. now, which is why know, Milwaukee wouldn't make a move because everybody wanted him. Right. Well, Milwaukee's—they're done now. They didn't make a move. They're just gonna sit there and you know. They have a young team that they didn't have to make a move for this year, right. and they can start worrying about the future. Look, there are two games back, and the Cubs got hot. I don't think they're gonna do anything, and they'll just. That's it. Write I mean, it out. what about what about the uh, the the Astros being a thousand games up in the division and they're complaining they didn't make moves? Well, Keiko's complaining I, they didn't make moves. I find it that interesting. Yeah, we'll get, probably too. get more into this later because I saw uh, like there was quotes from I guess before the deadline that Correa said he thinks they need an ace, and then Keiko said oh. they didn't do anything. So does Keiko not believe in himself? Now, now is I don't know what it is. So, so one of the things that uh, the Rich Eisen podcast was talking about, the Chris Command Center, because they were talking about the Keiko comments. Um, 
they think Keiko's complaining because he thinks that they need more bullpen help. And you also saw, you know, arguably the, the biggest question on Houston was their starting pitching, and it's been reasonably good this season. But, you I know. Mean, they have Keiko, they have Lance McCullers, and I guess Colin McHugh would be their third starter? No, they they have other guys. They have um, a couple start, other guys. I forgot their names. Um, Charlie but, Morton. Right. Oh, they traded for Liriano. They did add Liriano. But they're putting him in the bullpen. He's going to pitch in the bullpen. Right, because he's been terrible. So, I, But they have Chris Davinsky, who's one of the best relievers in the league. They have Ken Giles. They have Gregerson. Why do they need more bullpen help? Didn't they get Meshack also? Who got Meshack? No, uh, the, the Rockies got Meshack. Why? Because they, well, they're going for it. They're in, they're in the first wild card spot. They have four rookies in their starting. They're, whatever. Anyhow. Yeah, and they all have ten wins. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the Astros are fine. I don't know why Correa is complaining or any of them are complaining. You know what it is? You see you see, L.A. go out and get Darvish. All right, Kershaw's going to come back. That's two aces plus Alex Wood. So basically now they have three solid pitches, pitchers going into the postseason. You know, two years ago they had two starting pitchers going into the postseason. Right, but, and the best part with Kershaw is now that they have Darvish is he can rest up because they're winning the division no matter what. At the moment, they're they're probably around double digit me. lead right now, right? Excuse me, they're gonna only win 114 games. They lost yesterday. Okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was the first time they had led a game at any point and lost since May 15th. Like, this isn't like it was like 50-something games. It was like 50-something games. Yeah, it was like, they can go up in the first inning, and then so the other thing comes back. No, doesn't happen. <laughs> so this, I, this is, it's nice for the Dodgers. They don't have, feel the pressure to rush them back, which is a great feeling. Right, but if you're the Astros, now you have to be realistic about this. To me, you have to be realistic about this. Who's competing with you in the American League? The, the Red Sox are not that good. I don't think the Yankees are better than them. Even though they added Sonny Gray, the Yankees' rotation is not better than their rotation. Uh, I, you're you're right in all those accounts. I don't know if they they you know rely what, on the young guns yet. I, you I, know I, what I, their the fear is. You know what their fear is is that they're going to go to the playoffs for the first time. What if the yeah. offense doesn't show up? That's what they're scared of. But th- and then, they have, and they have one of the best offenses been, in baseball, and some of the. This best is the game. Astros we're talking about, and yeah. the Astros, and they're scared that what's his face might, who's been hurt a couple times this year. What if he doesn't pan through for the rest of the season? I'm not saying it will, will or would not happen, but that's definitely fear in some people. And all they they did get Loriano. Granted, he's not having a Loriano type year, but they're actually moving him to the bullpen. So I don't know what's the big deal. Right now, especially like we mentioned before, the market wasn't big enough for him to complain. Right. Well, if you match them up with any team, uh, you're matching Keuchel up against anybody's ace. David Price is not Price. So Sale is obviously the best pitcher, right? Figure out Sale, Keuchel, game one, if they play each other. Right, but after you, like, if you look at the playoff teams in the American League and their best pitcher, I'm putting Dallas Keuchel like number two behind Sale. Like yeah, the, no, none of the Indians I think, guys. I, are, think the, I think the Indians guys would surprise people more than. I think well, I agree with Dan because of last year's experience too. If well, they could get in the, if they run into the playoffs, they're going to have that experience from last year. Houston's guys are all under the age of twenty-five. None of them have what, this experience. People forget 
people forget about Houston is they had the Royals dead to rights in the ALDS. Oh, definitely. They were up 6-1 to one in the eighth inning, up 2-1 in the series, and somehow they blew it. I wish they did, and I, it's what I'm saying. Like, no, wasn't that the year? Uh, wasn't that the year of the? Oh, uh, uh, that was 14, no, I think. No, that was 15. That was 15. Oh, I thought it was. 14. Yeah, both the Mets and Yankees had the playoffs that year. Yeah. So the that was right. That was after they beat the Yankees in the wild card game. Defeated them, like destroyed them. Wasn't it like yes. nothing after like two innings? Right. Yeah. Poor Tanaka. They they had the Royals dead to rights. And gave up five runs in the eighth inning and lost, and then lost game six, five. So oh, this, I remember that. Yeah. While this is obviously a young team and their first experience didn't go well, they had one of the best teams in the league dead with no, with you know, basically no pitching. I I still think the Royals, the Royals. What am I saying? The Astros are the favorites in the American League. There's no reason to not think that. Yeah, until proven otherwise, you're right. Like, I, I, it's the same thing that you said with Kershaw. It's the same thing with them. Correa can take his time. He can come back, you know, for play a week and basically rehab in the major leagues and then get ready for the playoffs. Spr- Springer yeah. is out also. But how long is Springer out for? I honestly don't even know. I, I woke up one day and I looked at my team and he was on the disabled list. <laughs> and I was like, well, again, so wait, same thing. He can, he can take his time too. He is out forever. This is probably true. Anyway. Uh, Springer is loading. Okay, well that's... Quadrastep. He has a quad injury. Well, that's expected out at least till August 8th. Okay, wow. so... Okay, next week. He's got plenty of time. But then also three hours ago it said won't return when, when eligible. But still, like, like I said, he can take an extra... Whatever he is ready, he can take an extra week and just rest if he wants to. Uh, no, we have fantasy baseball playoffs coming up. He needs to be out um, there. Okay, well, Matt Kemp is hurt for me, too, so we'll be even. Matt Kemp is terrible, that's why. Matt Kemp is not terrible. But anyway. So, with that being said... way off from the leadoff. We we always do. No, not really. If you think right. about it, we're, we're talking, still about talking trades. Right, we actually go. stayed on topic for once. So congratulations, guys, on taking your ADD pills. We Woo! didn't start. We didn't start talking about like John Maine or something. Not yet. Usually, where we go. Not Final. yet. We might as well go into the next segment. Spider with stains of red Survival melts my lips And I smell like a Alright, welcome back to the SMB Podcast We're going to start this segment off With the little Yankee baseball Considering they're still in the playoff race Unfortunately The Mets did have some big news this week But they're the playoff team at the moment They did lose 2 out of 3 against the Under 500 Tigers Yesterday they should have just called the game And just taken the L But the game, 1 o'clock game, didn't end until 8.30 because of the rain delays. <laughs> Crazy to me. Because um, we've but, never been through that. Yeah, I would have left <laughs> five hours into that. Um, but everything, all that being said, the Yankees did make a splash in the trade deadline um, with bringing Sonny Gray and hopefully solidifying their pitching staff. And they only they gave up uh, three prospects from but Honestly, it was it was 
needed. He's going to be on They're... the Yankees for the next two years on top of that. Right, and it's so... not and it's not like they gave up huge prospects. They gave up one prospect who's currently playing and two other Poor prospects heart. that yes. are both out till the, at least the middle of next season. So So it's definitely worth the risk. When I first when I first said it, I was like, "Ooh, this is going to be really risky," but after looking at it, it's really not a bad deal on the Yankees' part because, like you said, two draft picks are not going to be playing until halfway through next season. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. He's not pitching his best right now against the the, the Indians, but it's going to be take some adjustment period for him to become a Yankee, like everybody else needs to do. And also, we weren't we weren't really talking about it, but the week before they did get David Robertson, another relief pitcher, and Todd Frazier. To come over for the Yankees, who who they give up in that trade as well? They gave up a couple other prospects, low lower name prospects as well. Tyler Clippard, so, and, and Clippard, yeah. Oh, that's right, Tyler Clippard. How and they I got back that? Uh, Tommy Clune uh, too. Clune, whatever thank his name you. Is. Clayle. Yes, Clayle. Clayle, I think his name is. I but yeah, Superman. He's pretty good. Superman. They got Superman. <laughs> they got a relief pitcher. I think it's pronounced like Clune, but I'm not positive. George Clooney. I I could be wrong. He's he's gonna certify the the bullpen with um, Dave Robertson, and Bertans just finally decided to throw strikes. Certified so the bullpen. They paid how much money during the offseason to certify the bullpen? Uh, no, a lot of money. <laughs> well, so. they gave Chapman and well, they didn't give Bertans a lot of money. They told Bertans won a lot of money. Well, they told him he wasn't a good pitcher, and then they tried to give him money. <laughs> But still, now their bullpen is back to the way it was. And last they said year. that he's a fine pitcher. He just can't field. <laughs> okay, well, he can't. Well, it's, it's true. But now they have four guys at the end of the game like they did last year before they traded everybody. And, uh, you know, their starting pitching is decent. Like you said, they added Sonny Gray. Severino's been good. Oh, and they also added uh, Jaime Garcia as well, who hasn't started right. for them yet. So that's a solid innings eater. Right, he's pitching I don't Friday. Think, I don't think Jaime Garcia is going to see. Wouldn't see a playoff start if they, you know, if they get there. I, I would think you would go with Tanaka. Well, definitely Tanaka, and probably Cece over him too. I would think. But I mean, with the way Cece's been pitching, you got to think Cece gets a playoff start. Also, his his you know his history has been good in the playoffs and. Ards obviously already won a ring with the Yankees. That's right. But but the, uh, right now this week, I would have to say the the biggest issue with the two out of three loss uh, series against the Tigers was actually the offense. The offense actually had number of chances with guys in scoring position with no out and not being able to score any runs at all. So the offense is a little sputtering a little bit. Well, um, I just came to expect. Right, Judge is struggling a little bit. Sanchez was struggling, and he's picked it up in the last couple of days. But, I mean, they couldn't be as, like you said, it was expected, they couldn't be as good as they were earlier, you know, for consistently. Um, they had needed two Gardner walk-off wins last weekend to uh, take two out of three. So, they're finding ways to win. Um, they're not, they're, the, they're going to be in thick of the race with the, the Boston Red Sox. So it's going to be fun two months to see which which Yankee team, which Red Sox team is going to be coming to play each night. And who, at the next morning, who's chilling on top of first place. 
that's going to be a fun way to watch it the next month and a half between those two teams. And the Orioles have won a bunch of games. Granted, they're still far away from the Yankees and Red Sox, but it's still going to be interesting to see if they make it things interesting as well. And the, the Rays ca- uh, calm down a little bit too, right? I really haven't been following them, but I'm sure they calm down because I haven't seen them really. Well, they're only the Rays are only a half a game back of the Royals for the second wild card spot as we see as we speak. Okay. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine teams. Uh, okay, eight teams within six games of the second wild card. That's so, gonna be crazy. Yeah. So I mean. Even Toronto's only five games out. I mean, I don't think they're going to make a, a run at it, but they're right there. Seattle's a game and a half out. So it's pretty much, you would say it's between Seattle, the Rays, and then the Yankees and the Orioles currently have the spots. I mean, you're welcome, Seattle fans. Yeah. <laughs> you're also welcome, Colorado Rockies. We gave you two walk-offs. On walks, yes. On a walk. I mean, that's the worst. Did you look? Did you see how far over the, yes. uh, the catcher's head he threw? It wasn't it was even legit from close. Wasn't even close. It was actually pretty pathetic. Well, let's let's switch over to the Mets a little bit. All right, it's some Ahmed Rosario show. Jay Bruce yes. had a good week, and and uh, Conforto has been hitting hot since the All Star break. Other than, so the, other than a, that, no one else is worth talking. I would like to jinx Jay Bruce personally. Please don't do that. Is that necessary? I just... I'm, is it out of the question that he could break the Met home run record? Yes. Well, yeah. It's out uh, of the question? He's at 30. He's at 29. With, no, no, no. He's 29. He could definitely do it. He's so he's got to hit... Runs. He's got to hit 11 to tie. He's got to hit 11 to tie. No. In, 12 to... Yeah, yeah, it's 41. Wasn't Hunley 41? Right. So Hun- that makes it 12 Hunley, to tie, 13 Piazza to break. and Beltran all hit 41. Right. That's That's... 12 to tie, 13 to break. Right. I, I, Jay Bruce seems to be a non-clutch player in the, uh, he likes to pad stats, especially all those years with the, the Reds. So I don't see why not. Well, he did just hit a home run to give him the lead yesterday. Oh, I know that. And then I'm just saying, I mean, that was, no, that was Monday, but they blew it, but still. Yeah. He homered yesterday too, didn't he? He homered yesterday, but it was like it was to make it five two, I think. Right. So before the rally started, but he did homer yesterday, yes. and then today he went over four, I think. But listen, I, it's not out of the question to hit twelve homers in basically the last third of the season. They roughly have fifty games left. And especially the way he's been hitting with the yeah, streaks, he he's, he's he has that couple more in this week if he wants to. He's that kind of streaky player. I, that would be interesting to see, and if he did, I mean, I don't think whether he breaks it or not has any, uh, like, bearing on whether he comes back, but it still would be nice to see. I, I think they need to figure it out, and I think find a way to resign him next year, unless he demands way too much money, especially considering with, like I said before, with Conforto playing not a problem at center field, Mark, I think it's got to happen. Mark Craig said um, the other night on the radio. He said, or the other day, um, Jay Bruce has been looking forward to being a free agent, like his entire career. Apparently, ever since he got here, he's been nothing but. He didn't want the he didn't want the Mets to pick up his option last year. He wanted to let he wanted to be let go and become a free agent. You'd have to think 
regardless of well, I mean, he's so he's not going to accept the qualifying offer. We know that Obviously. he wasn't. He wouldn't have done it no, even if he had a good, you know, a bad season. Well, maybe if he had a bad, but whatever. Oh, well, if he had a bad season, obviously he would have taken it. The what a, I think the issue with him would be is nobody wants him in a trade. What's his free agent market going to be like? Yeah, that that's going to be interesting to see. He's got. I mean, he's not going to get. You know, we saw last year how this past offseason how many big bats just sat in the you know the trade the the Batista. free agency, right? Edwin Encarnacion was the biggest bat on the market. He didn't sign. Oh, actually, behind Tatsuya or whatever, he didn't sign until like you know July. I mean uh, January. And the same with Cespedes. Cespedes yeah. took forever as well, and so, it seems to be the common trend with him. Well, with Cespedes, it was okay. I'm going to just sit here till the Mets give me an offer. But it's just power doesn't seem to be a, a valued thing anymore. And I, there's, you can't tell me there's somebody who can't take 30 homers and 80 RBIs guaranteed, you know, and, and plus if he has a good season. But that's been every year, 30 homers, at least probably 90 RBIs. There's no reason somebody shouldn't want that. And he doesn't, he's not a bad defensive player. He's, you know, he's not great. He's average. He's adequate. People prefer to pay for pitching instead of hitting and hope that they could develop hitting. I, I guess with everybody trying to hit home runs, that makes home runs less valuable, I suppose. That's really the only thing I can think of. The whole league's trying to hit home runs so that, you know, the people who actually hit them get less valued. I, I like, I've said a million times, I like him as a I like him as a guy. He's obviously a good player. I'd like to see him back, but I think I'd rather see an actual center field. If, like, if it's a choice between taking the money out of it strictly player-wise, I'd rather go after Lorenzo Cain. Huh. Um, and put him in center. And then we said Cabrera, about Cabrera. You pick up his option, he plays one of, one of second or, or third, and you get an actual person for the other position. I'm fine with that. Like, you gotta also realize you're not going to see TJ till probably halfway through the season. Like, and you and you don't mind picking up the option because it's only eight million dollars for a third Right, payment. right. And if it's well, let's say he plays second and you get Mike Mustakis, or he plays, let's say he plays third and you get a second baseman. You know, you bring Neil Walker back. I, they're going to get crucified I, for basically bringing the same team back, but I would I would be okay with it. I don't. I. I think I'm. We, we've uh, said this. A healthy rotation in this team. You throw Rosario in there at short. You put Dom at first. You could win ninety games. Uh, this can. team should have won ninety games this year. Every- this was Monday night. There's a formula on Baseball Reference that like they calculate what your record should, but your winning percentage should be based on how many runs you score and how many runs you give up. If they last year they gave up three, I think three point eight runs a game. If they would have given up have given up four runs a game this year with the way the offense was, this was Monday night I did this, they should have 58 wins, which would put them right behind the Nats and in and in the third wild, in the second wild card spot. So this is not, it's not an issue. Like, bringing the same team back is not an issue to me. But there's gonna, people are going to want change, and I feel like they're going to think it's time for change. For the possession players, I think, Time for a little bit of a change. I, I, I don't know. I, Everybody, as can, as, go ahead. Go ahead. As as much as Walker's been a quality player his whole career, yes, 
I didn't look at the market for second baseman yet, so you probably are right. So I'm not I'm not arguing towards you. I haven't looked just, either. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just what just I heard. Part, I'm just trying to form an opinion. So this is not at you. No, I get it. Uh, with Neil Walker, he he hasn't been healthy the last two seasons, really. Other than the first great first half last season, he's pretty much been average at best. I didn't look at the second baseman. If he's one of the better ones, obviously I will consider taking him in that. But the right now, the what he's is he worth that money that he's going to be commanding in the off free agency? I'm he not doesn't sure. have any money to command because of the injuries. He made he took the qualifying offer because of his back injury, and he has done nothing to make anything more than what he made this year. And he oh, made yeah. seventeen and, and a half. Decent, he needs to make a lot less. Still a lot of money. Okay, but I'm, you're, yeah, that's my point. nobody's going to give him more than 17 and a half. And if a team gives him 17 and a half, they're retarded as it is. Nobody should because of the injury history now. Um, if anything, I could see 10 to 12 in that range per year over multi-years, but not more than that. I, I completely agree with you, Dan. I'm not trying to argue. Here's the list of second basemen that are free agents. Brandon Phillips, Jed Lowry, Stephen right, Drew. So, right, I don't have so to keep I'm, going. Okay. Yeah, so, Stephen all right. Drew. All right. Unless, unless, unless you want to give TJ Rivera or one of the guys. TJ, you're not shot. seeing until the middle of the year. I'm calling it now. He's gonna. He's uh, I don't got, know about He's that. got the infusion. He's got the infusion for the Tommy John. It's not gonna work. He's gonna need surgery. Uh, but that doesn't take till the middle of the year. That's an off-season thing for a position player. Is it? But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, the Mets could go a cheaper route and hope for TJ Rivera to be healthy. Well, if they so, want to go that route. So I'm, I'll pose this question to you. I posed this to my dad the other day. If we're, if, are you okay with bringing back Cabrera, bringing back Reyes, and having the combination of TJ, Wilmer, Cabrera, and Reyes play second and third base the whole season? That's going to be a clusterfuck if we don't win. I'm I, telling you no, right now. I don't want it. I, I, I wouldn't do it because I know it would be a clusterfuck. Because you know how you know how bad it is the minute we start losing, and some half of that group is going to be pissed that they're not playing. You know, you said no, Stephen. I said no. I'm I not bringing all of them back. I'm not bringing all of them back. Not I'm a shot. Them, I'll bring two of them. I'll I'd bring. bring no, Wilmer's back. That's it. Wilmer's here. Wilmer's definitely here. I'm, I think we're at the and Cabrera. point with Reyes that he's he doesn't want to go anywhere else. Like I think I feel yeah. like he'll take a million dollars to stay here. Yeah, I think so too. And if he's gonna, you know, I, we saw him play second base today. If he can be a utility player that pinch runs and pinch hits, or if I don't he just, see the issue if, with it. If, like you said in your tweet today, I just didn't like it or retweet it because I wasn't in the mood to. I saw it after the fact, so it was whatever. What if Reyes becomes a natural second baseman, like you said, because of the range and everything like that, and he decides to hit maybe a close to 250 at the end of the season? That's something to look at. Maybe instead of paying $10 million to Neil Walker, you play him at second base, and you have him like what uh, Valentin was to uh, Reyes 15 years ago, 10 years ago. That wouldn't be a bad idea as well. Um it's just going to be interesting to see. Next year, there's gonna, not really going to be a lot of leadership guys around the team unless unless uh, Corbera does return. 
I think if you look basically at Reyes since the terrible start, he's pretty much been what he was last year. If he's hit like 250, so it's not – I mean, the the first month was terrible, and the D, his defense at shortstop has not been good. But I, I still think he's he could be a serviceable player. His, I'm not sure I want to lock him into a starter, though. His His season got better when they put him back at short. He felt he could tell he seemed more comfortable. Well, he can't. I, I said this in my tweet, like Dan referenced. He can't. He doesn't have enough reaction time, or he's not used to the reaction time on playing third base. Because if you look at every error, it was because the ball was hit at him, and he just wasn't ready. At second base, you the last two days, he's made plays basically falling down, just knocking the ball down. He his arm is overkill at second base. It's, it's you know, he has a shortstop's arm still. All he's got to do is knock the ball down and throw it. It's, I, I think it's a perfect spot for him. And I, Cabrera playing third, I, I'd rather get an actual third base. Uh, um, Cabrera, fine. I just don't get it. So earlier in the year, they tell him to play third. He says no because they won't pick up the option. Later in the year, they don't give him a choice and move him to second, and he wants a trade. Four days later, he doesn't want to be traded. Now he's playing third and can't wait to be back next season. I think I think he was it was a more of an ego play and then now realizing what the situation is and obviously no he, one wanted he came him out in the market. he also came out and said that he doesn't see himself as a shortstop no matter where he is next year. Well, that's what he and, and, and that, we knew that. And we knew right. that. I don't know what took him so long to realize that. In, I guess that, ego and pride. And that I same do, thing he said he told his family this is his last year as a shortstop. He so I don't I I don't know why it took so long for him to realize the the day he came back from the DL and asked for the trade in San Francisco he did make a good point though he wanted the team to pick up his option for next year because you know I, he's a guy with a bad knee so you don't know what kind of money you're gonna get in an open market for for someone like him you know but I'm, he's not he's I'm not also, a three hundred hitter like he was that first year in Cleveland he's not he's not a Gold Glove shortstop anymore. Who know? Someone may offer him two, three million dollars. He'd rather have that eight million dollars for his family. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on that, because that was a reactionary thing. I and like. didn't didn't they barely talk to him at first? And it was one of those they well, didn't get to was. talk to he each show, other. He showed up. He showed up, and it was and penciled then, in at right. second base. And okay, he basically, was, and he basically said the least they could have done was give me three games in the minors at second base to work on it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the, of course, he's going to say something stupid because all the media, the pens and papers didn't give him a chance to cool down, obviously. Not their fault. Cause they're doing their jobs. But it was a very rare situation. But let's talk about Rosario for a little bit. He Obviously, you guys have seen him in the minor leagues. I probably saw him once or twice, but never really remembered him. But it, he looks natural at at shortstop, the plays that I saw him, and he's gotten a couple of triples in the last two days, so let's just let him grow. Obviously, he's going to have his hot streaks and cold streaks. He's one of, he like, three have guys that have... One of, like, three guys that have two triples in his first three games, or something like that. But yeah. And he got his first RBI as well, so... It, and first run scored, um... You know... Listen, it's it's he's twenty one years old, first of all, and it's three games in. He's you know he's been adequate. He's been fine. He's been fine at the plate. 
he's good. He made a couple good defensive plays today. I know he had to mess up the other night, but everybody's saying that was a you know a tough play. I, I, we all think he's the real deal, obviously, but it's going to be fun to watch him you know grow, and you know obviously having Reyes with him is, I think, the most important thing for him because you you saw I me mean, on social media all over the place. On Monday, uh, Tuesday, he just followed him around. Like it, that, that was everything Reyes did. He did, and it's like yes. we we've all this is like taking it to a human level. We've all had a, a first, you know, a new job. We, you know, you don't know what the hell to do. So I'm to have actually, somebody to I'm look actually, up. Lo- I'm actually losing mine next week. <laughs> so I've been feeling that the last week and a half. Right. So, so you you know I, to have I know somebody the there. Hand. Have somebody there to, to you know mentor and just. Just anybody you can feel comfortable with. If you want to ask a stupid question, you can ask him a stupid question. Like that whole that kind of thing. Also, oh, yeah. third base market is just Todd Frazier and Mike Moustakis. So we yeah. might have the next team, the same team, come back next year. Unless we're trained for somebody. <laughs> Alright, so there's really no point of arguing uh, at it's, this it's, moment. Unless we're going after Moustakis hard. Musakis might be the best player on the free agent market. I haven't looked at like outfielders. Oh my god! But so that means that's gonna get he he's might, gonna get so inflated so badly because of that. Outfielders. I mean, this goes. This is in order of money all paid. That, well, other than Bruce and Granderson. Yeah, Jason Worth, uh, oh, Cargo. Wait, like, Jason Worth's finally a free agent. Jason Worth is finally a free agent. Wow! Look, at I'm that. sorting this by home runs. Jay Bruce. Oh, JD Martinez. JD Martinez is probably the best player free agent. Yes. yes. But Melky, Lorenzo Kane, anybody I from mean, the Royals. He was another one that got traded pre-deadline as well. Oh, yeah, we forgot about him. It's because he didn't actually get traded. Like He got like a week and a half before the deadline. So right, it was before. So, <laughs> we might have the same team coming back next year, but I, everybody is saying that the infield defense has been an issue and they need to get better defensively. I'm not saying they're gold glovers, but you're adding two guys that we've known for a year are major league ready defensively. Yes. Your first baseman and a shortstop are the two most important positions on the infield. So I, I, I don't know why this is everybody's freaking out about this. And, and, you know, I'm convinced. I don't know if you guys didn't have a chance to watch a game today. Uh, Cespedes threw somebody out at third. He's lazy in the outfield on purpose. Because he wants to throw people at. I'm a th- I'm convinced that oh, this is yeah. what he does. Last year, I go, how is this guy a gold glove center fielder? And it's strictly because of his arm. Yeah. And uh, like you said, Conforto's been fine in center field. Uh, if we're having the same team come back and people are healthy, I know it's we're like it's you're beating it, uh, your head against a brick wall, but I don't see a way to uh, to get a better team. And then if if pitching is healthy, like you mentioned. It's, and it's not even pitching healthy. It's just like last year, the pitching wasn't healthy. Well, adequate, adequate, well. well, adequate pitchers. Right. So exactly. basically, we removed Degrom, uh, Noah for Degrom, essentially, at the moment. Right. right. Steven Matz pitched better his last start, even though yeah. you know he had been struggling. He pitched better. I don't trust him to stay healthy. Well, yeah, I knew do I. Okay. I have, I have no faith in him to stay healthy. Okay, so let's just trade him then. Like, yes, you're not gonna get anything for him. Uh, that's better than the open market. He's I, still young I, enough that someone's gonna want him. 
and be like, oh, we could, we could, we don't have Ray Ramirez. We can make this guy healthy. I, I, his injuries have been, but he's been injury prone since the day we drafted him. Right. So we knew this going into it. I, I, I don't know. I'm still 100% convinced we're coming back with the same five starting rotation also. Which is fine. You have, I, you have Wheeler and Harvey at the back end of Noah, Jacob, and Matt's. Right. Well, why, I Throw the lefty in, the in last, between the, the four righties. Right. We, I said this in the last podcast, and we've talked about this. Having five aces is not, not necessary. Having, you know, Wheeler and Harvey being, you know, third and fourth starters is not the end of the world. You all you really need is one of those three guys to pitch at a high level, because I'm not worried about Noah or Jacob. They're and I and fun. I like and I like and I like uh, Lugo. I want Lugo, Lugo out of the pen. Lugo's coming out of the pen. Well, that's the other thing. We're, we're saying we have the re- bullpen. We agree has to be rebuilt. We talked about this before the show. Outside of Blevins and now AJ Ramos, and I guess Familia will be back. The other five guys in the bullpen, or four guys, however many guys you want in the bullpen, have to be changed. Paul Seawall comes back, okay, fine. You want to put Lugo and Gesellman in the bullpen? Okay, fine. Now you got, what, that's five, that's six guys. Pick one of the guys that you just traded for. Probably the one from the Red Sox, I think is Jamie Callahan, they said his name is. The one that's on the, one of of them's in AAA. No, he got assigned to AAA. He did? Okay. Yeah, the other two... They made. They, they got. They got five relief pitchers, and traded away two guys for five relief. Well, they made three trades and got five relief pitchers, and one of them's right. here, and one of them I think is in AAA. Right. One of them's in Double A, and the rest of them are in Single A. I, I don't know. Right. I think the guy they got for Duda they put in Double A. And then one of the guys they got from the Red Sox is in AAA. The other two they got are in single A. But one of the ones they got is throws 100 miles an hour, apparently, who's in single A. So they got very good return for what they traded. And like I said, if, if Drew Smith, who they got for Duda, or I think Jamie Callahan is the guy's name from the Red Sox that is in AAA, if one of those two guys is ready, now that you're in the bullpen, and now your bullpen's set, and you don't have to spend any money, and all the money that's coming off the books can be spent on... Mike Moustakis, if you want. I This is a complete... Not, it's not, you know... Things aren't as dire as they seem, in my opinion. Right, we said it. They, this team could win 90 games next year. Yeah. With health. Right. And replacing... You know, putting the two young kids on, in the infield is replacing two of the guys that got hurt this year, basically. Duda and, and uh, well, I guess Cabrera or Walker, whoever you want to replace. Right. Um, all right. With that being said, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Back to episode 187 of the What the Hell Was That podcast. Me laughing. Um, 
We're gonna talk some some football now. What as just we get, as... <laughs> I was just laughing at you mocking Steve. That's we... why I laughed. He does that every time. <laughs> <laughs> I just an artist it for the first time. <laughs> okay, I think we should call this episode. What the hell was that? Okay. Anyway, at least he's enthusiastic when he starts his segments, Daniel. <laughs> I'm pretty enthusiastic. <laughs> you gotta get me going. <laughs> I'm not enthusiastic about talking about Super Bowl 50, uh, 49 every day. No, that that was not an exciting conversation. But it is training camp. It is uh, football season slightly now. And uh, training camp is always fun. You get the, the training camp fights and the fun videos on Twitter of, you know, Terrell Pryor making one-handed catches and everybody is going to draft him in fantasy. But there is some, you know, interesting stuff going on in camp. And... In New York-wise, Sterling Shepard took a uh, bit of a, I guess, it wasn't even a tumble. It was a non-contact injury, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, all it was a one-on-one. And he just yeah. landed, and he just landed awkwardly. Okay. Uh, which, is, which was weird, the whole situation. Twitter making, like, with the way Twitter was, like, talking about it, you thought he blew his knee out for, like, Victor Cruz style. Well, because they well said, when you hear tears... Cart no, that's, and, that's, and, and that's screaming in pain that's, that's and screaming in pain. The first thing everyone's going to think is this guy just blew his leg out. And he's out for the season. The that's first my thing point. I it's crazy. That's my Teddy point. Bridgewater. That's my point. Up. It was just like holy shit. Here we go. And then we find out. Hopefully, it's just a rolled up ankle basketball style, which could be nagging. So it's still going to be a tough injury to overcome. But compared to a knee injury, and him crying is a little like. Whew. Right, that's it, a huge ball. If it was a bad high ankle sprain, he might miss a week of of you know regular season. It's possible, but that that's a, a you know an an injury you can come back from. But yeah, we're not seeing know. him until week one. It's pretty much to figure it out. He'll practice, but there's no way we're watching him I mean, unless he wants to get but, a series in the pa- Patriots game. The offense should you may, be okay. You may, you may see him get a series in the Patriot game because, you know, Eli's going to play that first series. You let the two of them play together in that first series. Yeah. But with that scare, which obviously scared the whole Giants nation, and obviously with us, didn't we didn't get to see the play because it wasn't videotaped. I didn't get to see it. Did you, guys? No, nobody saw no, it. No, it wasn't. Anyway, no, I, I don't think. We would have saw it. We would have saw it. Right. The only thing I saw was just a, a picture of the cart. Okay. That's the only so, thing. Yeah, the picture of the cart and one of the, the beat writers taking a picture of the cart going. Right. So, so we dodged the bull with that. And then today, Tavares King also rolled up on his ankle as well. So honestly, Giant Camp, other than those two injuries, have been quiet. They've been team bonding. We've gotten more pub about Eli dancing, which is always a good thing at the moment at camp. Um, I did watch Giants training camp uh, before the show, and David Deal actually complimented uh, Bobby Hart on his technique. So hopefully that hopefully that improves, because obviously they're going to talk good about players, because obviously it's their show, and why not talk good about them? But if David Deal is complimenting on Bobby Hart and the way he's been looking so far at camp, I do take that higher priority than pretty much anybody other than a Hall of Fame lineman or a person who's played the game before. So uh, that's intriguing to hear. He also talked highly on DJ Fluker, and him and John Jerry are going to have a nice battle 
playing that guard spot. So, other than that, the Giants camp has been very quiet, thank God, other than that one scare with uh, Shepard. So, I don't know what else to really say about that. You have anything, Steve? No. Um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been peachy so far, and then that one. I've thing. seen some. I've seen. I saw today some pushing and shoving, but, but it's training camp that, that happens. It's training camp. You're tired of hitting everybody. It it happens everywhere. And it's also football. I, you put the pads on, you're going right. to start hitting. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you're going to get mad for losing and winning, and people are going to be talking crap. And then, it, it you know us being macho men, we you all get mad and pissy and testosterone filled uh so it happens camp fights are always a story as long as no um, one gets hurt as long as no one gets hurt it's fine did you guys see what happened in cincinnati no uh no i did not vontes perfect uh went after Theo's knee yeah and then they got into a fight so oh they had a, jo- they had a joint perfect. they had a they had a joint practice uh yeah i guess and and he I guess I don't know if he went after his knee, but he tackled him and hit the knee that he hurt last year. So he God, he's such a scumbag. Yeah, Wait, so... aren't they on the same team? They are on the same yeah. team. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, what? You said Seattle, so I got. Oh, confused. I said I'm sorry. I meant Geo. Yeah, Geo Atkins. Geo, no, Geo Bernard. No, Geo Bernard. Oh, Bernard. I got confused. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so Cincinnati. So, I thought I heard Seattle. No, Cincinnati. So he's, that's why I asked you yeah. for a joint practice. If there was oh, a joint practice, right? Okay. I don't know. I thought I don't know what you thought you meant, but yeah. So Vontez Perfect is hurting his own team, not only just the other team now. Nice. Well, he probably got fined for it, so it's okay. I I'm sure. <laughs> I'll never forget what he did against that Pittsburgh Steelers. Running well, through the tunnel was the best thing that ever happened to anybody. <laughs> He literally ran out of the stadium to go party to victory. The sad won. thing is, AJ McCarron's almost beat the Steelers in a playoff game. Uh, he did almost beat the Steelers in a playoff game before Andy Dalton won a playoff game. <laughs> Can we just, like, do our yearly thing of how does Marvin Lewis still have a job? Well, he, he replaces um, uh, Fisher in that. I do recommend uh, watching the Amazon Amazon Prime video of the uh, the Rams season. It wasn't as good as the Cardinals uh, one, obviously, because the Cardinals did go to the NFC Championship game. But it was pretty good considering they did show him getting fired. Well, not getting fired, but him telling the team that he's getting fired, and his son is a coach there. So it was it was interesting. I didn't finish it, but pretty much that was the end of the season. So it was, it was pretty cool to see. It was definitely different, considering the first season was the Cardinals going all the way to the NFC Championship game. So it was like a different style of thing, because you always always see the team that goes pretty far in the playoffs. So it was different. Do we know when Hard Knock starts this year? Tuesday. I'm, ass- I'm assuming Tuesday, because I looked Perfect. for it last night. So it's definitely next week. I'll be interested to see that. I think the Bucks are one of the more interesting teams in the league, so that's a good one. Yes. Uh, uh, they have makings to win the division because, like how the NFC South, they always is. There's always the new team that decides to show up. So the Eisen poll the other day was who's going to win the NFC East, and Jerry Farr was on and literally cried when he heard the results. Cried. Uh, so means Dallas won the division. No. Giants, Cowboys, and Redskins were all in the low twenties percentile. 
Well, the Eagles were in the 30 percentile. Oh, my God. <laughs> Philly decided to listen to the show that day. He goes, he goes, are you guys only broadcasting in Philly? Like, what is happening? Clearly, the I, that poll was only taken by listeners of the Weissman and Oz show because <laughs> Stephen nice, Weissman nice plug. says nice that Carson Wentz is going to be a top three quarterback in the NFC. How many year. different Twitter accounts do you think he voted on? Uh, it had to be uh, all, the Weissman and Oz account, his personal account, and he created a thousand more. Just to, but to, I don't think Carson Wentz played terribly bad, considering watching him win a game. Granted, Eli threw a couple picks that game, but that's here or there. But uh, the Eagles are going to be the Eagles, like I mentioned last week. The Eagles are going to be the Eagles. If they just get lucky a couple of games and they make the playoffs, not shocking at all, because that's the Eagles for you. But I don't Can't know. Can't say Maybe he has they... no one to throw to. No. Well, they all dropped the ball. So. Well, he has Alshon now. He has. Uh... Well, if if Alshon if Alshon plays, obviously he's gonna be. That's gonna be quite a matchup. And they did all. They have uh, Matthews, who was pretty solid. But everybody. There was else somebody else they too. brought in. Didn't they bring in Tory Smith also? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, I. I think... I think one but of Tory the... Smith is just going deep ball straight down the field, and if you have a safety, you're fine. That's true. Yeah, but, but that I, straight I down think... the field thing is when screw the Giants. Like the the issue with everybody in the in AFC East at the moment is you're playing probably the best division in football to me in the AFC yeah, West. Yeah, well, yeah, right. That's so they're not be... better than any of those teams. That's four losses right there, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it's going to be tough. That's why the Giants' offensive line better show up this year because if they don't they'll be six and ten because well maybe not six and ten but they're definitely not going to get any wins out of the afc west because they're all killers on the defensive side of the ball on defensive end and eli might die hopefully not (laughs) knocking off wood but eli might die especially especially the raiders game when in the black hole with uh irving and mac going right after eli that game's going to be ugly if they have flowers and heart, don't decide to show up that game. Yeah. I, I don't know why anybody would think the Eagles are going to win the division, but that's fine. Um, who, who's their running backs this year as well? Sproles and who? who's their running backs last year? Well, they had right. um, Ryan Matthews. but That they was cut, right. They, yeah, cut, they drafted so. somebody, though. I'm pretty sure they drafted somebody. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Yeah, I'm gonna look that. Running up, so. backs. No, Ryan Matthews is still there. Ryan Matthews. All right, so he's a quality back. And Darren Sproles, yeah. Year. They were they're they're not bad. Oh, they got Legarrette Blunt. That's and also got. and That's also the right. moment the That's moment right. That's right. there the re- another reason they won that game was that was the game against the Giants. Lane Johnson came back, resolidified mm-hmm. that line. Yep. 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 Yeah. So, like you said. Jordan Matthews, Torrey Smith, Alshon Jeffrey. That's the receivers. They have Zach Ertz. It's not a t- I mean, one of the big issues last year, was it Peters? Yeah, Peters got suspended, right? Yes. And after he got suspended, it, that was it. He got, you know, they couldn't block anybody. But, you know, they might be. And Lane Johnson is one of the most underrated players in the whole entire league as well. They might be decent. They might, you know, win eight games. It's possible. Well, like I said, our, our, it's our division. It's just right. what the division does. Is there I don't think there's any. I don't think there. the Redskins are not going to be good. They have no one other than what's his face, Kirk Cousins. Uh, 
Kirk Cousins throwing to what's his face? Uh, yeah, what's his face? Pro Pyre. I and and if what's his, the tight end decides to stay healthy, Reed. Well, that's the other thing. If Jordan Reed can stay healthy, I mean they'll have a a, a good offense. And their defense isn't terrible, but they're not where they were two seasons ago when they won the division. No, I don't. Definitely not. And then them losing to the Giants week seventeen. Not making the playoffs because of that. Yeah, it's just, it's just crazy that Kirk Cousins is making all that money, and no team wants to just pay and give him a long term contract. I, to me, I don't like. I understand Kirk Cousins isn't a, you know, I don't think he's an elite quarterback, and he probably oh, shouldn't be no making. Should probably no shouldn't means. be making that much money, but that's just the way things go. You know, the guy who the top paid quarterback in the league right now. Isn't I don't think is I don't know who it is, but it's whoever got paid last. last. So they're not Derek the best Carr. quarterback in the league necessarily. Yeah, he's not yeah, the best quarterback in the league. I, you know I love Derek Carr. He's not the best quarterback in the league. No, obviously not. Tom Brady is. Right, and Tom Brady's that's the thing. Until he retires, well, the second best quarterback in the league is always going to be a lower paid one because he wants to help his team. Yes. No, the yeah. best quarterback in the league. Brady doesn't even get paid because he. His contract is mainly incentive. Well, that's, I mean, if you're Brady, that's just... He's the only guy that really does it, though. Because, like, let's be honest. If you're thinking about this of a, of a, a net worth, you know, uh, aspect... His, all wife, is, his wife yeah. makes more money than he does. So he can, She's the breadwinner. Right, exactly. He could just he just works for fun. This and also like, think about all the things that he does on the side, too. Like all the he commercials. Might as well be sell, exactly, he's going to yeah. be selling blankets on, on eBay right now. He did. That's the same thing. Right. He could sit at home and knit and not care. Yeah, if you wanted to. But also, I don't think he's married to her if he's doing that. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> he's not just... that good-looking of a guy. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it out there. If you're a stay, if I don't think she's marrying a stay-at-home dad. Uh, why not? <laughs> I think Listen. the football aspect helping her gets her brand bigger. <laughs> I think the Uggs are a big hit. I think she really likes the Uggs, I'm going to be honest. That's why she's with him, for the Uggs. Well, this is funny. Uh, NF, uh, Sports Center just, well, 10 hours ago, but I just seen it for the first time. Uh, Tom Brady to Mike Fable. I know who's open. I'm the quarterback. I'll throw it to whoever the fuck I want. It's pretty funny. Um, There were a couple stories on Brady that I heard <laughs> on ESPN Radio. One was Welker last year during the bye week um, for the postseason. They were taking a plane to Los Angeles to go work out. I don't know why they were going to Los Angeles to work out. But anyhow, they were going to Los Angeles to work out, and they're playing some board game. And, and uh, was it Edelman? Yeah, Edelman was up, like, $400 on Brady. Brady chucks the board across the plane and <laughs> throws everything all over the place. And they clean up. They restart. They start playing again. And next thing you know, Brady's up, like, 700 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the happiest person and then, um, who was it? Ronnie Harrison was telling a story from Super Bowl, whatever the one was in Houston against Carolina, and how one of the days in practice every week with Belichick is legitimate a game. They play 11-on-11, 11 11, starters versus starters, and they just batted every ball down. Harrison picked off Brady and high-stepped into the end zone, 
Brady chased him down and threw footballs at him <laughs> with a look on his face, and Harrison was scared for his life. <laughs> Did you hear the the beer chugging story? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, Russ Tucker. Yeah, no, with Brady. No, yeah, but Russ Tucker talks about it all the time. Oh, okay. I just saw it on on uh, on Twitter today that they went to Buffalo and he beat everybody in a beer chugging contest. He's literally one of the guys. That's yeah, but they were saying they made a good point that he can't go out to dinner with them most of the time because it just it doesn't work. If they go to a restaurant, he's he's ambushed in thirty seconds. But it was Buffalo, so nobody cared. Not that way. Well, they're also stupid and crazy in Buffalo, so. Right. So, with that being said, don't forget to listen and share this episode. Um, we're raising money for Curtis Granson's charity, uh, Grandkids. It's a 10-year anniversary. Uh, Dan and I will be at that event. The three of us will also be at the Seven Line Outing on Saturday at City Field. Also, listen to the Weissman and Oz show this week, so also help us raise money. Uh... Each show combined, $5 uh, for every listen that the shows get combined. Um, so, uh, with that being said, follow us on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Again, don't forget, share and listen to this week's episode and all other podcasts on our channel, Jay's Week in Wrestling, Rising Apple, uh, everything else we got going on. We got some new stuff coming in as well. Uh, so make sure everyone takes a listen, and we'll see you guys next week for the following. And the scene is